How many know that God knows us better than we know ourselves, yet he still loves us? We're not worthy of love. We're not worthy of grace. We're not worthy of forgiveness. We're not worthy of all the good things that God does and has done and will do for us. But I'm thankful this morning that he loves us. Amen? It's not about our worth. It's about his love. And so um, that is the greatest truth that I know of in the word of God. Jesus loves me. This I know. (laughs) Well, the Bible tells me so. What a blessing that is. Take your Bibles, please, this morning and turn with me back to Luke chapter number 18. We're still looking at what Jesus said. Because, folks, what Jesus said makes all the difference in my, excuse me, in my life and in your life um, and in anybody's life who chooses to take the truth of the Word of God and apply it unto themselves. How many believe God's Word still works? God's Word works if you work it, if you take it and apply it unto yourself. And so we get a hold of what Jesus said. Uh, the Bible says if we continue in His Word, if we know His truth, that the truth will set us free. And so um, uh, we want to see what Jesus says. And right here in Luke chapter number 18, he says a lot. He actually tells four stories, two of them that the Bible calls parables, and then two meetings um, that actually take place uh, with real people uh, as Jesus was ministering here upon this earth. The last week we looked at the deluded Pharisee, and we saw how that the Pharisee Uh, thought through his own self-righteousness that he would be made right with God. He was deluded, he was fooled, he was deceived. This morning, I want to talk to you about another story here in Luke chapter 18. It's the story of a dishonest young man. Let's read it, starting in verse number 18 through verse number 30. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, These things which are not possible with men are possible with God. How many of you believe this morning that all things are possible with God? What's not possible with me and what's not possible with you, what's not possible with men are possible with God. It's only through what God can do that anybody can be saved, that I can be saved, that you can be saved, that the rich can be saved, that the poor can be saved, that whoever can be saved. It's only through the power of God that any of us come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says this, watch Verse 28, Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come 
life everlasting. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, again for loving us. Lord, I'm so thankful that you promised where two or three are gathered that you are in the midst. I'm thankful that you indwell believers, that, Lord, where believers come together, you are with us. And I'm thankful that you are able to do all things. I'm thankful that you do love us in spite of ourselves. Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves, but you love us like nobody else loves us, and we're thankful for that. Lord, I'm thankful today for grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness that comes freely through the cross. I'm thankful, Lord, that what is not possible with me, Lord, what I can't do, you can do. What's not possible with us is possible through your power. Lord, show us this great truth straight from your word. Show us what it means to truly know you in Jesus' mighty name. And for your sake we pray, amen. Now here is a man that the Bible tells us had everything going for it. I mean, he had it all. I want you to think about it. This is a man who had, uh, he was a good moral man, and we're going to see that as we study this this morning. But he was also very ambitious. And how many of you know, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. There's nothing wrong wrong with wanting uh, the good things that God has for us. He was certainly that. He was sincere. I think if anybody has ever been sincere, this man uh, whom's called the rich young ruler was as sincere as anyone who ever came to the Lord. He was rich. Uh, That's all also a plus. How many of you know that God can and does use our riches for his honor and his glory? Nothing wrong with being rich. Uh, Being rich is a good thing if you use it for the right reasons. As I've said many times before, nothing wrong with having money. There's just something wrong when your money has you. And we're going to find this morning uh, that the money had this young man. So he was all these things, ambitious and uh, he was sincere. He was a good moral man. He was a rich man. The Bible also says, according to Matthew chapter 19, uh, the, the, the the Matthew's version of what happens here with the rich young ruler. Uh, they calls him there a, a young man. And folks, for those of us who's getting a little bit older, uh, that's always a plus uh, if you have youth. We, I begin to realize that more and more every day. So this guy had absolutely everything going for him. I mean, he had it all. Now, the other thing that I want you to see, there's no other person in Scripture that I find throughout the New Testament that comes to the feet of Jesus and leaves worse off uh, after having met the Lord than he was before he came. But that's what we find here with the rich young ruler. Uh, I want you to think about this. I love Dr. Warren Wiersbe. He said something concerning the rich young ruler that really caught my attention. First of all, he came to the right person. In verses 18 through 19, the Bible says he came to Jesus. Not only did he come to the right person, but he also asked the right question. And he asked the question, how shall I inherit eternal life? Now, how many of you know that's a good question to ask? That's a question that I need to ask and get answered, and that's a question that you need to ask and get answered. Because how many of you understand the the mortality rate the last time I checked was one in one? All of us are going to face death. All of us are going to leave this walk of life either through physical death or or if, if Jesus tarries or the rapture of the church. But either way, we're going to have to face the Lord in the afterlife. Can you say amen to that? So we need to ask and answer that same question that this young man is asking. How do I inherit eternal life? He came to the right place. He asked the right question. And then we're also going to see this morning, listen, he received the right answer, but he made the wrong decision. He made the wrong decision and turned away from the Lord Jesus. Now, folks, none of us need to make the same decision that this young man makes. 
Now, why did all of this happen? Why did he make the wrong decision? How could he have everything going for him, come to the right place with the right answer, get the right, or excuse me, with the right question, get the right answer, but then make the wrong decision? I'll tell you how I think. I believe this young man was dishonest. He was truly dishonest about who he himself was. He was dishonest in his view to who Jesus was. He was dishonest in what salvation actually means. And because of his dishonesty, he missed out on what God had for him. I've told you many times, if we're really going to understand what God has for us, if we're truly going to have relationship with him, what we must do is first understand who we ourselves are, and then we've got to understand who God is. Can you say amen? amen? That's what I love about King David. King David is called the man. After God's own heart. Let me tell you why I believe that. If you go back and read his writings, you're going to find that David understood who he himself was. Maybe like nobody else. <laughs> David is the same one that wrote, uh, Lord, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You know what I think David was saying? God, I see how big you are. I see how you created. I see how you are able to do all things. I see how small I am, how insignificant I am, and I have to wonder, why do you, are you mindful of me? Why do you think of me? Do you ever ask yourself that question? Me too. God, why would you hear my prayer? God, why would you answer my prayer? God, why would you do for me what needs doing so that I might be saved? I understand where David's coming from. He saw how little he himself was, and he saw how big God was. He really got honest with who he was and who God is. And folks, that's the only way we're ever truly going to know the Lord. That wasn't the case with this rich young ruler. He had a dishonest attitude about his own self, who he really was. He was dishonest about who Jesus was, and it cost him greatly. And it will cost us greatly too. So let's learn from his mistake. Look there in Luke chapter number 18. And we're going to look at, first of all, verses 18 and 19. He was dishonest, first of all, folks, with his views concerning Christ. Look what this says. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Now let me tell you why this verse, or this what the, the young man said, caught the, the attention of the Lord. First of all, the Jews reserved the word good only for God. You'll find that all throughout the Old Testament. They didn't just go around calling people good. They reserved that word uh, in the Jewish language for God. Now, it was commonplace to call a, a teacher master, and, and listen, this... Uh, a rich young ruler recognized Jesus as a great teacher, and so he called him master, but he also called him good. And so Jesus then, listen, really gives him a test as to whether or not he truly believes that he is good. See, if Jesus is truly good, that would mean that he is truly God. And, and that's what he wants this young man to see. And let me say something to you. That's what you've got to see, and that's what I've got to see. This message is real and relevant for our lives today. See, I want you to understand something. When it comes to Jesus, you can't just see him as a good moral teacher. You, you can't just believe him to be a good man who did good things. 
You can't him, believe him to be just the prophet who came speaking the word of God. Even though all that's true, he was a great teacher. He was a great prophet. Listen, he was a great moral man. He loved people. He met people's needs when nobody else would. Amen. <laughs> that's all true. But I want to tell you something. If you're truly going to know the Lord, if you're truly going to receive eternal life, which is what this man was asking for, if you're truly going to get it, you've got to recognize that Jesus is God. I hear these people, liberal theologians, talk about all the time that they believe Jesus to be a good teacher, to be a good prophet, but they just don't believe he ever claimed to be deity. Anybody who says that has never read the New Testament. Over and over and over and over and over again, Jesus makes the claim to be God. I love C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis says that if Jesus is not God, he's certainly not a moral teacher. Amen? He's not a great teacher. He's not a great prophet because he claimed to be God. And if he claimed to be God and he's really not, then he's on the level with a poached egg. <laughs> what he's saying there is that, listen, Jesus is either stark raving mad or he is God because he made the claim over and over again to be God incarnate. So we got to see him for who he is. And Jesus is testing this young man. He's not trying to, uh, listen, say that he's not God. He's trying to affirm within this young man that he is God. Why would you call me good? See, there's only one that's good, and the one that's good's God. What Jesus is telling him, I am good, but I'm good because I am God. Are you getting me? Jesus is the Son of God, and he is God the Son. Jesus, as God, came in the flesh to do for us what we can't do. Take your Bibles and look with me over to Romans chapter 8. Verse number 1. If you underline in your Bible, and I hope you do, underline Romans 8 1. Put a star by it. Circle it. Do something. Man, there's, this is power packed. Look what it, it tells us. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. He says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Watch verse 3 though. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Now what's this verse mean? That means Jesus as God came and dwelt upon this earth walking as a man and fulfilled the perfect law of God thereby doing for us what we cannot do. Only God can be perfect. Only God the Son in human flesh can live for 33 and a half years upon this earth and never sin. Never sin in attitude, never have one bad thought, never sin in action. Live perfectly according to God's perfect law. What we could not do in the flesh, Jesus the Son of God and God the Son incarnate did in the flesh for us. 
He is God. If you believe he's God this morning, say amen. amen. This man was dishonest about who Jesus was. He was dishonest about his own sin. Go back to Luke chapter 18, verse number 20. Now Jesus being God knew this man's heart. Jesus being God knew what he was thinking. And so he says something here in the 20th verse that I love. He says, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these I have kept from my youth up. And so really what this young man is saying here is, You know what? I've, do, I've done all this right. Man, he, he stands up and pokes his chest out. Well, if that's all it takes, then I'm on my way. <laughs> now, again, Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew his mind. And really what this young man is saying is that according to this, according to this standard, I'm good to go. And, and listen to me, folks. According to our own standard, many times we think we're good to go. We think we're right with God. And this is the danger. <laughs> this is the danger of those who believe in a work salvation. This is the danger of those who believe it's through what you do you get to heaven. This young man thought that, listen, if it's all about doing these things or not doing these things, then you know what? I'm good to go. And so I love how Jesus makes this plain to him. Jesus says, okay, if you want it to be about what you do, if that's what you think brings eternal life, makes you right with God, I'm going to give you something to do. I'm going to give you something to do, so that's going to reveal your heart. What did Jesus say to him? Watch this. Verse 22. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. He said, All right, if you want to do something, then go sell everything you've got. Give to the poor. Follow me. The Bible says, Then this young man became very sorrowful. In Matthew 19, it says that he went away sorrowful. He went away worse than he was than when he came. Why? Because this young man loved his money more than he loved God. Let me say something to you. If you want to get to God, through doing good things or not doing bad things God's standard is perfection this young man have a, had a covetous heart and the scripture says in the law the Bible says thou shalt not covet he loved his stuff more than anything else the problem was he couldn't see it because all he wanted to see was his own self-righteousness. And so Jesus made it very plain to him. You may have done well in keeping a lot of these other things, but you're certainly not doing well in not coveting. The Ten Commandments says that you ought to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that, that you should put no other gods before Him. Can you say amen? 
Now, what had this man done? He had made an idol of his money. He wasn't loving God. He was loving his money. The problem was he could not see his sin. According to his standard, he felt himself to be okay. Again, he had everything going for him. (laughs) He had all the money he could spend. He was a good moral guy. He was sincere in his actions. He was very ambitious. He's a good-looking young man. And man, everybody thought if that was going to be one who was going to make it, it was going to be him. And Jesus makes it very plain. He had sin just like everybody else has sin. Just like I have sin. Just like you have sin. Because again, if it's about what you do, you better do everything perfect. Amen? Look with me in the book of James just a moment. James, chapter number 2. Look down at verse number 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So according to that young man's standard, he was doing pretty good. I mean, he had kept all this stuff. But he had offended in one point that he could not see because of his own prideful self-righteousness. Jesus makes it very plain to him that you've broken God's law, that makes you guilty. And if you break even one law, you become guilty before God who is holy. Are you getting me? Let me ask you this. If you're hanging on a chain with ten links, how many of those links have to break before you fall in the fire? Just one. What makes you worthy of condemnation? What makes you worthy of a devil's hell? Just breaking one of God's laws. Why? Because God's standard is perfection. God's standard is is absolute holiness. And according to this young man's standard in Luke 18, according to his own standard, he thought himself to be pretty good. I, I can just see him, can't you? Standing up and swelling up with pride and saying, Oh, I've kept all of these since I've been a little bitty fellow. See, to get this man saved, Jesus had to get him lost. And that's true for all of us. For anybody to get saved, you've got to get lost. You've got to realize how lost and undone you are, how hopeless and helpless you are. That happens through the convicting of the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the Word. Let me show what I mean. Go go to Galatians chapter 3. Watch this. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 24. It says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, watch this now, that we might be justified, how? Say it loud, church. How are we justified? By faith. By faith. What's Jesus trying to do for this young man? He's holding the law up before him as a mirror. 
And he's saying, if you look into the law, you're going to see that you are a sinner. That law is going to teach you something about yourself. And that's the same thing the law does for each and every one of us. It teaches us something about ourselves. It teaches us just how bad we need a Savior. The sad thing is, this young man was not only dishonest about who Jesus was, he was dishonest about his own sin. He was dishonest about salvation because when he looked into the law of God and saw his sin, he walked away sorrowful, not accepting the free gift that Jesus wanted to give. Jesus is trying to make it clear to him and to us. It's not about what you do or don't do that makes you right with God. It's about you and I coming to the place where we realize we're not good enough. We'll never be good enough. We come to the place where we realize what we need is God's grace, His undeserved favor. What we need is forgiveness. Listen to me. This man went away worse off than he was when he came because he was dishonest about himself and about God. I urge you. I beg you. Don't make the same mistake. Get real with God this morning. The truth is, we all need Jesus. Jesus said that it was very hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Let me tell you why. A rich man satisfied. He thinks he's got everything he needs. He's got the world by the tail, and that's what this young man thought. He didn't realize his need for a Savior. See, you can be satisfied physically and completely lost spiritually. You can have all the physical comforts that you can dream of, just like this young man had, and be spiritually lost and undone on your way to a devil's hell. This morning, the same Jesus who has saved me can and will save you if you'll trust him. All of us need him. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, God's grace is sufficient for you. Don't be like this young man. This is one of the saddest stories I believe in all the word of God. He came to the right place with the right question, got the right answer, and made the wrong decision. Don't you do the same thing. Trust in Christ today, for the scripture has already said, we read it this morning, we are justified, made right with God by faith in Christ. I would love to show you what that means in the word of God this morning. If you need to be saved, this invitation time is for you. Brother, come on up. If you've not yet trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior, then this morning, I believe with everything in me, you're not here by accident. God has you here for a reason. This young man was trusting in everything else 
except Jesus and all of his good works and who he was and what he could do. He was trusting in all of that, but none of those things could bring him salvation. You know, there's people that trust in their baptism. They trust in their church membership. They trust in who their mom and daddy is. They, they trust in all the things that they think makes them right with God. Let me say something to you very plainly. There ain't, ain't nothing wrong with having a good mom and daddy or being baptized or, 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 listen to me, even being a member of a church. But if you've not truly been born again, none of that stuff matters. Today is the day of salvation. Get honest with yourself and get honest with the Lord. Everybody stand together, please.